a guy was saying, oh, you can't get anything. Dan Murphy sucks because you can't get any good beer. I like the way you don't use the word flog, but you use the flog voice. Theatre of the mind, prophets. Theatre of the mind. <laughs> I go to Dan, Dan Murphy's and I can't get no good beer. Screw you guys. I'm getting hit. Thanks to Cryer Malt, with over 25 years in the field, Cryer Malt has been bringing you the world's best local and imported malts. And for 204 episodes now, it has been bringing you the podcast that's beer-related, that changes the date, that puts fish on wheels. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Good Brews Week. I am your host, Pete Mitchum, and joining me, Lav, Matt Kierkegaard, all the way from our Brisbane studios. G'day, Matt. G'day, Pete. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Mate, nice to see you over the week. Actually, first up, um, listeners who have caught our live um, from the Gabs would have heard it, but uh, that was the the first outing of our um, under consideration new podcast theme. The podcast theme I thought was terrific. Um, For those who perhaps are thinking, I I used to think that perhaps there was such a thing as too much polka, (laughs) I now realise there is no such thing as too much polka. Well, yeah, for for me it's a little fast. Apparently uh, our uh, musician, Brett, um, says that it's the same tempo as the other one, but it just feels a little bit faster. So I don't know which... Anyway, but listeners... Let us know what you think. Are you going to hate, you know, are you going to unsubscribe because you don't want to force yourself to listen to that uh, week in, week out? Uh, the one thing, Matt, that none of our listeners can um, accuse us of is I heard the music and I wasn't sure that it was you guys. <laughs> That's very true. Whereas, you know, loud, thrashy guitar music, it could be any one of 17 other beer related Australian podcasts. So, uh, at least Daggy Polka. And I've got to say, just there's a, a little bit of tinny brass uh, in amongst once it sort of winds in and you get a feel for it. That's almost, almost, but not quite yakety sax. It's almost Benny Hill esque. No, which, which again, yeah, that, no, I'm, yeah, mate, that, that's, one, that's one of the things that concerns me. I have to say, uh, I'm a fan. Okay. Don't forget, Matt. Anyway, enough about us, Prof. Let's get in. cannot be taken, uh, given. It can only be taken. And can I tell you, there was a fair bit of offence taken this week. It's fair to say, um, the eleventh, twelfth, eleventh, twelfth. It's the twelfth year of the Gab's hottest one hundred, most popular. Craft beers, and most popular, fi- hottest, hottest. Well, yeah, was right. that a deliberate? Well, it is. It's the most. Po- it's a popularity vote. It is, and which people, is one of the criticisms. People apparently. seem to forget that. It is fair to say that the interwebs lit up, uh, as they always do. About two days in, there's a bit of a two days before. There's a, a lead up, and I've got to say, Matt, the one thing for me was that the the hottest 100 poll this year had a lot of newcomers, which I thought was great. And that was reflected in the um, the flog percentage online. There were lots of new flogs. All of the usual suspects were there. It, you know, it's, it's very easy to get riled. Uh, just when you see the same inanity over and over again, and I think the thing that probably tickles me the most is the people who, I'm not going to vote, I'm not going to take any part in this. 30 comments later. <laughs> yeah. They're still going, and look, you know, th- that's the thing. I, I look at it, and you know, first reaction is to get you sort of go. You, you just want to weigh in and, and argue, but the people that are weighing in and saying those sorts of comments that you know this is ridiculous, 
the, the, the comments actually say much more about them than being any form of critique of the, the Hottest 100 poll. Um, you know, you've got a lot of people who are showing, you know, just, you know, on one hand, they're very enthusiastic, that's fantastic, but they're also showing their inexperience and immaturity when it comes to beer. And the, the, the reason, you know, I, I don't necessarily want to call them flogs or, you know, because it doesn't raise the tone of the conversation, but it's also because, you know, Prof, I think we've all been there, you know, and, and it, it, it's recognising I think there are various stages of craft beer love and when you first, you know, discover, you know, hops, for example, um, you sort of take it to the limit. You, you, you dial it up to 11. Um, and that's Matt, all Matt there's, an old, there's an old saying that if you've only got a hammer, then everything looks like a nail. Yeah, 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 exactly. Now, if, if all you can do is detect hoppy aroma or bitterness or whatever it is, then you're going to seek out those beers and those are going to be your favourites. The difference, Matt, is that in the back in the in the good old days, uh, you, me, and, and, and three of our mates would be sitting around in a pub, and somebody would make a stupid comment, and the other four would go, "Mate, there's a bit stupid comment." Oh, yeah, no, fair enough. Now we've got to play it out on social media, and because you can't see the person and you can't detect the love that comes with that comment, you tend to just see the written word and go, "Oh, someone else is having a go at me." Well, I'm going to have a go back. And it, it just becomes this vicious spiral. Yeah, absolutely. And, and but, but, it's, but it's no different. It's no different to, you know, yes, you and I had the same issues when we were discovering beer or, you know, whatever else it might have been. But we had the advantage of, um, A, you know, <laughs> there was no picture, so it never happened. Um, B, it actually happened much. You, all, everything that you did when, you, when we were younger was far more legendary because the story grows. Yeah, because, yeah, there's, yeah. It's because there's no evidence to refute it. Yeah, that's um, true. I think that's a you know that, that's a good point because we've chatted about you know some of the Facebook groups and things like that. That on, on one hand are fantastic because it's giving people a chance to feel part of a beer community and talk about beer and learn about new beers and and, and those sorts of things. But because you know, a lot of people that get into them, and you know, you, you want to be careful because you want to sort of insult anyone who's in um, Facebook groups and hears this. Don't think that I'm a blanket, um, but there are a lot of people who get into those because they've just discovered craft beer. Um, they've got all of the enthusiasm. They've got a place that they can put their, um, you know, opinions, but they're not necessarily terribly well informed opinions or knowledgeable opinions, and that's what, what opinions are. Um, but because the Facebook groups are just so opinion-based and often fueled by ignorance or there's not a lot of, you know, I, I know a lot of brewers who just have decided that it's for their mental health not to weigh into those Facebook groups, which again is re- removing another valuable resource. Um, and they're, they're, they're spiralling more and more out of control. So on one hand, they're, they're fantastic to give people a home to talk about beer, which is what we want. But they're also not necessarily learning much about beer um, in in some of them, and you know that's obviously not just discussing the whole thing. But you know, it's just be mindful that you know that there are better places to go to learn about beer, for example. Your local pub or bottle shop, for one. Yeah, go to go do the Cicerone program. Those those sorts of you know courses are great because. When they do, uh, when they sort of teach you about 
yeast characters or Brett characters or, you know, sort of sour beers, they don't pull out um, once you know, a beer that's been made by one little brewery that you're only going to get once that is so extreme that everybody gets that it's, you know, a kettle sour. They tend to use beers that are, that, that are classics, that are about balance and are about, um, you know, style. And ultimately, that's what beer is about. Um, you know, a very wise person said to me, you know, sort of 10 or 12 years ago when, you know, because we, as I said, we all go through this thing, you know, we all go through this phase. and It's a, it's a journey. It is a journey. And ultimately, it's about balance. And uh, I don't know whether I should sort of name that person, but, uh, you know, he, he's since gone on to found a very successful brewery that's doing very, very well and polled fairly high uh, up in the uh, hottest 100. And he seems to know a thing or two about what people want um, and also about making good beer. So, you know, I'm glad I listened to him. There you go. Beautifully <laughs> done. Uh, Matt, now we thought what we might do this week being that it's still it's the tail end of the, the holidays. Kids are only just going back to school. There's not a lot happening uh, news-wise either here or abroad. Uh, so we thought what we might do is take this opportunity as a bit of a, a follow-up from uh, the Gab's Hottest 100 poll reveal to, I guess, a little bit of a Good Brews Week Mythbusters episode. And so we'll take some of the the comments, the criticisms and the questions uh, that come up uh, this time of the year. You're not saying inject a few facts into the discussion, are you, Paul? We might, we, <laughs> might we might just sort the fact from the furphy, uh, pardon the pun. And that's probably as good a place to start uh, with. Uh, one, I, I guess, Matt, the, the biggest surprise for most people was uh, Furphy in the uh, in the top 30, at, I think number 25 from memory. Is it really a surprise when you think about it? I, I really can't understand why people are getting their knickers in a bunch about Furphy of all beers. You know, it's, it's a beer that, you know... I would say over the last 12 months has really exploded into the marketplace. Um, you know, it's been ticking o around for four or five years, but Lion has given it a national push. Um, I think it, it, It's uh, everywhere. The last figure that I heard was that it was a um, something like a 20 million litre MAT brand. Um, <laughs> I always forget when I'm calling it. Uh, <laughs> moving it annualised total, I think. Yep. Um, <laughs> Keep your cards and letters to yourselves. There's um, a lot. There's a lot of it. Let's just, let's just leave it at that. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, 20 million litres is a lot. Um, so so that's a beer that is, I believe that's more than Stone and Wood, um, considerably more than Stone and Wood, uh, I'd imagine, just to give it a bit of perspective. Um, so it's a beer that is getting out there and people are really liking it. And, you know, this, um, I, I guess that ties in a little bit, you know, this is the Dan Murphy's Hottest 100, which is just not. But if beers, if, if if it's if it's a poll that Dan Murphy's is going to be out there promoting, then if it's something that Brews News and Crafty Pint are promoting, your readership is going to be, uh, you know, the, the readership and the people who are going to be voting are going to be a certain type of people. Um, they're going to be you know relatively informed and inside you know the the the, the bubble. If Dan Murphy's is sending out mailing lists and promoting something in store, you're reaching a much wider um, group of people and their beer tastes are going to be a little bit different from you know and we're in the telephone gang crafty's in the telephone gang you know so it's a, it's a fairly small group of point here you know we, we're trying to get out there we we, we want to speak to a broad, broad range of people but the people that seeing out seek out the information from us are just like people who subscribe to wine magazines um and you know have a different level of knowledge so if that's the audience you're reaching beers like furphy which are 
seen as craft beers and are very, very popular, are going to find more people voting for them. Two things on that, Matt. First of all, Dan Murphy sells, uh, I think it's around about one in three uh, beers sold in the country. Mm -hmm. Second, they are in every state except for the Northern Territory. Are they in Tassie? Or is it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Because we'll, 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 we'll come to Tassie. Well, well there you go. There's, yeah. there's a myth that we might have to. Well, we'll come to we Tassie. Might, we might have to delve into and, and look at. But basically, Dan Murphy sells a lot of beer. Therefore, Dan Murphy's is going to reflect um, the many beers that are purchased. Yep. The other myth that's probably connected to that that we need to knock on the head too is that oh, but Murphy's not a craft beer. Well, but by the definition, it's not independent. But it, by the definition created in, in terms of for the poll. Uh, and in terms of being a broad church and trying to encompass everybody and give all love to all of God's children, yes, it's it's defined as a craft beer because it is brewed by little creatures. So in the same way that little creatures pale ale, uh, which for the first nine years didn't move out of the top ten. Well, would that make Cooper's Clear or Cooper's Dry then you one? Would that make Cooper's Dry a craft beer? Well... I, well, why not? Well, a brute IPA is just a dry beer, isn't it? Well, <laughs> but, oh, but, hang well, on. well no, no, no. Well, no, because Big Head, um, you know, Big Head from Burley made the list, um, which no was a carb, bit of a... No carb. Uh, yeah. No carb. And that's a beer, you know, like it's one of the beers. Like I've heard some fascinating conversations with the, the, the guys at Burley over the years, uh, you know, because of my... Uh, known, you know, antipathy towards low-carb beers um, because of what they represent and, and, and what they encourage and just the, the, the perceptions that they create, the negative perceptions they create for the entire beer category. You know, when Burley brought out um, Big Head, I said, look, is that really the message you want to be sending to the beer community? But it was a beer that has been huge for them and has, you know, funded, I would imagine, a lot of their expansion. But when you've got a beer that's made like that, made by a craft brewery doesn't make it a craft beer um and then because a lot of the james squire beers these days made by lion and under the um james squire brand are coming out of the same brewery as han super dry what is craft beer <laughs> you know a lot of a lot of craft brewers a lot of independent brewers a lot of the best brewers are brewing lots of lager now you know and five six years ago we would have said all lager is not craft which is one of the reasons why, you know, four or five years ago, we stopped you know, using yeah, beer is exactly. beer. Um, and, and so I think we, we, we've, we've knocked that myth on the head. Just on, on that Dan Murphy's thing, um, moving along, but same suburb. <laughs> the, the thing about, the, I just want to come back to the thing about calling it the Dan Murphy's Hottest 100. I would be willing to bet... We, we, don't, we don't call it that. No, no, we, we, we don't. No, 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 no. Right? The, but a lot of people... The Facebook comments, it was dismissed pe as... Pejoratively or... Yeah, pejoratively, dismissively. as yep. the Dan Murphy popularity yep. poll. Now, I'd, I'd be willing to, to, to bet that some of the people who were saying that, a fair percentage of the people who were saying that four or five years ago were sort of saying, oh, you can't get anything. Dan Murphy sucks because you can't get any good beer. BWS, all you've got is crap beer. Suddenly, you've got. I love. I like the way you don't use the word flog, but you use the flog voice. Oh, that's right. well. No, it's just <laughs> theater of the mind, prophets. Theater uh, of the mind. <laughs> I got a dad. I got a dad Murphy's, and I can't get no good beer. Screw you guys. I'm getting him. But yeah, and now suddenly Dan Murphy's and BWS have got good beer, and they're encouraging good beer and they're expanding the foot, which is. Incidentally, what we want, because and then you get and then you get some people who then oh, but they, there's not enough dark beers at Dan Well, make up your mind. <laughs> oh, that beer shit. You Stop can get changing it every Murphy's. time. Every time you know Uncle Dan's you know gets into lockstep with with your you know delicate feelings, you then change the rules on him. And and before you start, Dan Murphy's has never spent a cent 
uh, with Bruce News. I don't think I don't think I've ever made a cent from Dan Murphy's. Um, so this isn't a Dan. You know, I, oh, I yeah. have, you, and, you and I have both. Um, we've written for the their liquor library. Uh, yeah, that was a while and, ago. And hey, actually, that was through a PR agency, though, so that wasn't through Dan Murphy's. But you're right. Sorry, thank you. Um, ring, yeah. ring the uh, John Law's memorial bell. Um, I'd forgotten all about that. But and, and you know, yes, I do have real concerns about the market dominance that anyone has. Um, you know, whether it's breweries or you know retailers. But the point is that, particularly in Queensland, where the licensing laws stop. I couldn't go out and just open a great little boutique bottle shop the way that um, small bars... And yet I could. Um, in, in Victoria, yeah. So in Queensland, um, unless you've got a publican who is willing to really go large on craft beer, which they're starting to, but they wouldn't have... Dan Murphy's is about the only place you're going to be able to have you know, a, a consistent source of craft beer. And you know, ultimately, that's what we want, Prof. If we want the breweries that we've got... Um, to be surviving, we want to broaden the footprint a bit. Um, having a dominant player isn't ideal, but just because something's in Dan Murphy's doesn't make it a shit beer. And you know, just because more people are coming into our church, that's exactly what we want. Spot on. Apropos of that, um, the staff at Dan Murphy's, the staff at Woolies, all the staff at Lion and CV are encouraged to not only vote early, but vote often. Sorry, this is a myth that you're... This in. is a myth, this, yes. No, 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 uh, you're not saying that, making that a positive statement. No, no, that's right. <laughs> so, yes, in, in this in this uh, crazy mixed-up world that revolves in some people's heads, uh, that's why those beers get up, because the staff are um, basically forced at gunpoint, metaphorically, to, to vote and vote in a certain way. No. Um, yep. Well, okay, and quite quite apart from um, sort of looking at the uh, you know, digging a little bit deeper into the background of the poll, the results don't bear that out. You know, I, I don't think is there a single um, if if they were doing that, don't you think Dan Murphy's would make sure that their home brand beers, you know, they've got the sale anchor brands. The, the, yeah, there are plenty, and they're not. The evidence doesn't bear out that accusation. Well, you you think that if, if Woolworths was voting, they'd push up their own beers? Yeah, why wouldn't you? Well, apparently that's what uh, how Gage Road's got it number ten, because all the Woolies staff voted for it. But Woolies don't own let's, Gage let's, Roads anymore. Hey, I know that, and you know that. <laughs> but there are still people out there on the interwebs who don't know okay, that. Okay, I hadn't seen that one. But, Sorry. Yeah. And, so there's and, another one. And this is where inform yourselves. You know, a piece of information from five years ago may have changed. It's a very dynamic industry, folks. But the other thing too, yeah, as we've said, and we will say again. When you dismiss a beer and say that's a shit beer, it says more about you than it will ever say about the beer, the brewery, or the brewer. I don't know that there is a beer in that li- anywhere in that list. There are no shit beers, Matt. There yeah, are no there shit beers in that list. In that list, no. Um, exactly. So uh, you know, uh, there, there are beers that may lie. not no, uh, float no, your boat. Lie. They may but, not. Yeah, and there are plenty that I haven't tasted myself. Yep. But I don't think that a faulty or a poorly constructed uh, beer whether it's the, at the recipe end or the execution uh, and the beer comes out less than, you know, nice, as in faulty, I, they're not going to make it into the poll. People aren't going to give up one of their very vi- five, very valuable five votes on a beer that's, you know, just, just to appease, you know, a brewer or, a, you know, the, the barman. Yeah, so I think we okay. So we've got that one out of the and, way, and 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 also just just on that, I mean, we, we can't go too much into the 
hottest 100, the, the, the guys who put the hottest 100 on um, because they don't want us talking too much about their security measures. But whenever I see something, I sort of think, oh, I wonder how they deal with that. I wonder how they deal with that. You know, and I sort of go and speak to them. Um, I'm always um, blown away by the thought that has gone into everything that they've done and the you know for, for something that I mean, they don't really make any money out of any of this it's it's got to cost them that because it just in time alone it is a dedicated to thing. this but, yeah. it, but it is between craig williams and and steve jeffers who are and, and then there's also um the behind the scenes in terms of the, the technical side of things of, of how it all comes together there is a, an absolutely genuine desire to make sure that the poll, the poll has as much integrity as they can possibly muster. So for the people out there who think there's a load of shit beers that sneak in because of... The, no. Gaming you want system. Have, you, you, want, you want to have a look at what's in the bin. You want to have a look at the votes that don't get through. There is a massive recycling bin with with votes that are... Uh, and as I say, the guys won't get into it with us how they uh, identify those. But let's just leave that at that, that you, you cannot game the system by voting a hundred times you can't you know have have block voting there's, there's just it's it's monitored and there are lots of uh you know red flags that come up uh sometimes it's a i do know it, that sometimes it, it's a case of ringing the brewer and saying look we've just had it, it seems or you know there's a, a, an accusation that perhaps you're uh, incentivizing or you know offering some sort of incentive to uh to vote for your beers. Oh, no, 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 we haven't done that. Here's what it is. Okay, no worries. Oh, actually, we, we'll, we need to change the wording of that and, and on we go. And, and So hopefully, hopefully that yeah. covers that off. And, and yeah, so and they, they take it very res- responsibly. But the, the thing that always impresses me, and I've got to say again, like, just, just, like we've got nothing to do with the Hottest 100. We get to cover it. That, that, might, it. Come up, that might come up in the next myth, Matt. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> I just wanted to say, Prof, just in addition to the integrity that they want around the competition they also take the responsibility um take you know they understand the responsibility they have for running a competition because this is very important to people's businesses and a good result or a bad result can impact uh, upon people's businesses so it's not just making sure so that's one of the reasons why they make sure that the competition has integrity but they take that responsibility very very seriously so you know i, I when i look at the yeah, and yes, Prof, I'll, I'll call them flogs. <laughs> but you know, the, it, it reaches a point when people aren't just being ignorant, but they're just being out and out insulting and disrespectful to people who are taking on a lot of responsibility um, to, to do this as well as they can. And to just dismiss it out of hand just seems incredibly unfair and uh, you know uh, unconstructive. Yeah, and because a beer that you particularly don't like has come in at number one, two, three, four, or 55... But you don't like it. It doesn't make that a an average beer. Yeah, and and just because the beer that you thought was number one didn't come in at number five doesn't mean that you're wrong. You know, if you enjoy the beer, that's the point of it. Yep. Now, there's another myth that we can probably get out of the way here, Matt, uh, off the back of that, and that is how on earth does so-and-so beer, insert, you know, usual suspect beer here, um, get into this this list at the at the pointy end? So we probably should just discuss a little bit about how the votes work for those who have done the votes but did, perhaps didn't read the instructions before they voted. So the beer, the beer that I select as my number one is assigned five points. The beer that I select number two, four. 
three, two, and one. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, they, they didn't go into that level of detail, um, but th- there is a weighting towards your number one. Yeah, so the beer that you that you choose as you know what this is my favourite, and and if it was just a, I suppose it would would it be a different poll, Matt? If we because I know there are also calls out there for oh you should be able to vote for ten or twenty five beers, but I think that there's no point. Well, I think I think giving everyone five, five, anyway. um, five, you know. five beers to vote for, five opportunities, and yeah. I know that's hard. It's not if it was easy, everyone would be doing it. Exactly. So I, I think five votes, um, five beers to vote for, that's good. And yeah, that gets us on to the next one. Uh, it should only be new beers, Matt. Oh, says the internet. What do you think? <laughs> well, there actually seems to be a bit of a push for this. Yeah, I'm, I'm about to go off like a frog in a blender in a minute. So yeah, go on. Well, I, tell, I tell, can tell. Tell me what, tell what you think. This. Okay, look, at the end of last year, Crafty, you know, polls a whole lot of you know beer people for their hottest five beers of the year because he does a bit of a um, you know state by state rap, and I was one of the group that was asked, and I couldn't think. You know, I had to go back and, you know, look and say, oh, oh, gee, I like that beer. Was that first time, you know, last year? Does that meet Crafty's definition? And, you know, I'm somebody who does this every day and spends a lot of time thinking about it, and I just couldn't. And I just sort of think, well, going back to my point about Dan Murphy's, we want the tent to get bigger. We want more people drinking beer. Fewer and fewer people are drinking less and less beer, and that's not good for breweries. Um, So if we suddenly make this poll so obscure that... People, you know, aren't going to want to participate in it. What good is it? That's it. If if the barrel aged donkey dick doppelbock is the is the top of the list and nobody can get it anywhere, then that's when the list becomes irrelevant. Not when Bolter XPA and Stone and Wood Pacific Ale and Newtowner and um, Crankshaft are in the same positions they were last year. And I know that I named Crankshaft and What's wrong with Newtowner in the wrong order. Okay. Well, when I was speaking to Craig, you know, they do have. Um, a list of the hottest new beers. Um, you know, is, yeah, and just just to clarify that, Matt, uh, for the listeners, that's the beers that are new to the list. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's a beer that ah okay is new is new to the market. So the the star the star um, symbol indicates a beer that is new to the list. So it's, it hasn't been on the the hottest one hundred. So it's debuting on the the hottest one hundred. Right. Okay. So it could it could have uh, and and. Uh, I'll have to just get clarification, but I think it could have come, you know, 101 to, to 200. Yep. It could have it could have come in that back end, um, but I know it's certainly it's 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 new to the the hottest 100. So it's not necessarily a beer that was only brewed in 2018. I don't think that beers that are only brewed in that year should be eligible because okay. it, well, no, it, there's well, there's a star, and then some of them are marked um, new. So, like 102 Cooper's Vintage Ale 2018. Um, it's starred, so it's the first time, but then it's also got new beside it, just sort of looking at the list. Black okay, Pops, so really yeah. it, Blondale, new. So there are, I think there are 100 new beers, you know, that, that is in new, new. Um, Burley Brewing Blonde Hellas Lager is a new beer. Three Ravens Salted Caramel Shake is a new beer. Four Pines Pacific Ale was a new beer in 2018. So I, I think they have actually gone through and segmented some of those so beers. actually done both and done both yeah so it's new on the list and new. Even, even more bloody work which is a lot of work but also <laughs> they've done well I, I think they had to go down to 400 to even come up with the top 50 new beers or the top 100 new beers so you, you have to wonder that if, if we just limit the poll to new beers how relevant 
is it as a poll? Because a lot of the new beers um, or, or the, the guys who want you know, to say, oh, all of the good beers are seasonal beers, what use is the poll to anybody um, other than making you feel good that the, you know, esoteric, you know, hard-to-find beer that you voted for made the list? When somebody goes, oh, wow, I've never, this beer was at number 11. I've never heard of it. I'll go seek it out. Um, oh, I can't get it anymore because it was a one-off beer. We, we need to ask ourselves, what is the point of this list? It's a bit of fun, Matt. Always has been, always well, will be. It, it, it's a bit of fun, but for, for the of, industry... A bit of fun for the voters, and I know uh, the law of unintended consequences, it has, um, con- it, it, it has great marketing ability um, or power, if you like, for the either new beers, new areas. You can't tell me that people aren't going to say, you know what, we were thinking of doing a far north Queensland. We might actually go to Darwin now, and I'm going to check out... Yeah, I'll go uh, check out that... That, that brewery. Exactly. So it's got all of these benefits that I think would be lost. It's got all these industry benefits for this industry that, you know, how much of us have bitched and moaned because not everyone's drinking beer and, you know, we can't encourage people to drink beer. True. And suddenly we've got something that is, you know, creating gen- – I think there are over 100 media you know, and social media uh, sort of uh, media um, – bites on on the story just about every state paper covered it in some way shape or form and you couldn't beg borrow or steal a a, a quarter inch paragraph um five six ten years ago exactly and, and they, had, yeah. they had no interest no interest in it whatsoever isn't that fantastic for beer and i think all of that would be lost if you're writing about beers that no one had ever heard of and no one will hear of again so anyway yeah, yeah. I, I and, and matt just on that allowing new beers to me smacks of giving every child a prize now, now you've won the last couple of years so what we're going to do is we're going to tie your legs together in the 100 meters so that we can let somebody else win but they'll they'll think or everyone will think that they're actually better or more popular or yeah. you know faster and, and that was the other thing that if you've you know if you've featured you know in the top 10 a couple of times you're ineligible why would you do that because what does that mean for next year's top 10 yay we made it but, you know, we had to crawl over the dead bodies of, you know, our competitors to yeah. get there. It's, it's a it, hollow, it's, hollow victory. It's just like saying, oh, look, Roger Federer, you can't play, mate. You've won. <laughs> you've won You've won enough now. And and, and so the, the the guy who's, you know, like I think of all of the, you know, uh, you know showing my vintage, but some of the great um, tussles where you've had two or three really great players at any one time um, and wondering who's going to win when you've got people at the peak of their game. Um, yeah. Yeah. Is part of the the, the, the attraction, and it, it also makes the win sweeter. That's it. It's it's hard enough to get to the top, but to stay at the top yeah. is, is another. It, it's a whole other battle altogether. All right. Anyway. So I think we've, we've we've covered all that off, Matt. Apparently, and I'm assuming it's you because you are the titular head and the the, the spiritual uh, leader of, of of this whole conglomerate called Australian Brews News. Now, apparently, you either change the date of Australia Day. Or you changed the poll so that it wasn't on Australia. Well, yeah, some, some guy Discuss. weighed in and sort of said, oh, I'm not going to listen. And it's a guy, no, like he's very passionate, which is great. But, you know, just the smart-ass way that he's sort of weighed in. And, and there, there was a lot of talk about it. A lot of people have said... So can, can we just dismiss that myth? That, that Bruce News, we, we report on the news. We report if on the, the news. If the news. If the news happens on Monday... Then we will talk about it on Tuesday. We, we don't run the poll. We, we have an interest in the poll. We love doing the poll, but we don't. You know, and, and we're because we have always, from day one, been supporters of promoting the poll. Um, we've you know, very generously been given a logo, um, you know, to, to be associated with the poll. But we have absolutely no control over the poll. No. Um, but even then, Gabs, the guys at the Tap House, started the poll. 
um, as a bit of fun, you know, what, 12 years ago in the lead up to Australia Day to coincide with the Hottest 100 music poll that Triple J run. So they never said this is the Australia Day Hottest 100 beer poll. It's it was, never even been mentioned. No, it, it just happened to be, and you know, the... Oh, uh, sorry, Australian beers. Australian one, beers. Hottest 100 Australian, Australian beers. beers. But that's not no. Australia Day beers. It's, you know, and it coincided yeah. with the Triple J countdown. Um, now the and, triple- the idea, and the idea was that you'd have the music in the background and you'd have the beers in the foreground and there'd be a bit of excitement about both. People could kind of follow if, you know, again, opening it to a wider audience. Yep, yep. And so when, when Triple J changed uh, their reveal to the day after Australia Day or the first Saturday up at the full moon, whatever the algorithm is that they use, then the – Tap House, uh, sorry, the Gabs Hottest 100 guys said, we'll do the same thing. Yep. So, so that we can, keep, yeah, so nothing to do with us. And, and, but then, then Triple J changed the date and there was some, uh, you know, political reasons around that. Um, so they, they changed the date to the next day, um, which to me seems, like again, I, if you're going to change the date, change the date. Don't just sort of move it to the next day. I don't know, you know, you know and, and still have it on the long weekend. It works well to have it for the long weekend because if you are going to encourage people to um, – either open up their venue to do uh, a Hottest 100 party or a yep. countdown, yep. you know, event. Uh, it makes sense to have it on a, a day where people, you know, can perhaps get there more easily, less traffic on the roads, all that sort of thing. Yep. Although, you know, you've got your pub, sometimes you might day. have a public holiday. And that's it, exactly. So let's knock that one ahead. Matt, are there any other myths that we need to... Oh, mate, I think we've got all the myths down. Let's bleed um, on. Without, uh, so, um, go go read Luke. Uh, Oliver Time has a has a oh. fairly good, you know, his annual takedown. Um, and can I tell you that an artist is only as good as the material he's given. So if you <laughs> peanuts would stop giving him material, uh, Luke would have to, he could have a long weekend. He could, but uh, yeah, he, he's found some great. Um, but seriously, it's just uh, it, it, yeah, yeah. You're making it too easy for him, guys. Um, we've looked a little bit. You know, Hawkers um, was a surprise, but it, it has featured in the you know, quite heavily in the one to two hundred. Every beer from Hawkers is in the one hundred one to to two hundred, which yep. indicates that there's a lot of love for all of their products. Um, which it goes without saying, they've got to be good products. And Hawkers has a, an industry reputation for brewing consistently high quality, true to style, interesting balance, blah, 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 blah. All the beers are great. All of the reasons that you're not going to be in the top, as you have said, you know, I just heard you say boring, <laughs> basically, because <laughs> <laughs> prof- quality, consistency, balance and style. That's it. Who wants it? it? It's all novelty hype, Britannomyces. That's it. So, um, and it, the, the, the one other thing I wanted to, well, it, but then you've got Tentos, which is a little Sunshine Coast brewery that's never really had much of a distribution and suddenly has got three beers in the top 100. Um, and, you know, I've never, I, I don't know what their untapped rankings or anything like that are. I've never seen them featuring too strongly in, um, you know, the, the, the quality awards, you know, the, the, the national awards but they've managed to activate their, you know, for, for whatever reason, and they would have been investigated and looked into to make sure that it was done legitimately. That's it. If you can mobilise your fan base and get them to, to vote for your beers and they happen to vote in an order that gives the, the beers enough to, to pop into the top 100, well done to you. Which brings us to Tassie. What's going on with Tassie, Matt? You, you, can't, you can't say there aren't great beers. You can't say that there aren't um, beers with, with uh, popularity, with hype, with a certain je ne sais quoi. And yet... And yet not 
featuring. And and look, and for the last four years now, no beers from Tassie at all. Look, I've never had. Uh, I haven't had too many of them, but I've never had a a, a beer from Hobart Brewery that, on some level, I haven't gone. Wow, gee, this is Hobart, a good beer. Hobart Brewing Co. Great yeah, Hobart beers. Hobart Brewing yep. Co. Um, and Scott Overdorf can can brew a beer, and and they they have a, a strong local following. So does it not translate into um, the, the social media side of things? Is it? I, I don't know what what sort of marketing they're doing. But even Moobrew, I mean, Moobrew has beers at Uncle Dan's nationally. So it's so it's not like you know your average guy who comes across hasn't seen it. But so, even Chris at, at the Winston, you know, uh, making some. Good beers, certainly, uh, you know, beers that create a lot of excitement amongst uh, the, the the beer aficionado crowd. Didn't didn't and, and, and you would have thought would have a you know, bit of support, no support as well. And look, I, I can't understand. It's probably something we need to dig a little bit deeper into. The best explanations that I've heard is apparently I think eleven or twelve um, Tassie breweries got votes on some level, but you've got a population you know, outside of. Um, that yeah, five hundred thousand population, and not too many people from outside of Tassie would be uh, experiencing them. Um, so, you know, unless there was just something to do with the maths involved in being a small state, a lot of breweries to support, and so no one beer is sort of rising to the top. The first six or seven years of the the poll, uh, maybe even more. Uh, Moobrew consistently had between you know either between one and four, and including their um their their big uh, Russian Imperial Stout. Yep, oh, which is magnificent when that first in came the, out. Yeah. yeah, in in the hottest one hundred. So as the poll reach grows, you know the um I guess the your your star value is diluted to to some point. Um, look, or to look some at degree. Murray's, and, you know, Murray's Craft Brewery that used to dominate. number two in the first list with the the, the and it was the um, the uh, I, the double the t- icon two. Yeah, and, and not only available, IPA. but but they had a lot of beers and they had you know beers available nationally, but not only has no one you know have they not featured. No one's sort of said what what's happened to Murray's. What has happened to Murray's? What's happened to Murray's? I don't know. Well, I don't want to. Say, well, look, I don't want to put too much pressure on someone like Sean Sherlock, but I think. I would say a lot of the popularity of Bolter XPA is down to the popularity of, of Scotty Hargrave as a bloke and as a respected brewer. So I, I, I think there's there's more to just your brand. There's more to just the quality of the beer. There's more to just the distribution. There's more to you know. There's this. There are so many factors. Mm. I think, and, and that's why it's not Australia. It's not the best beer. So for those who complain that it's just a popularity, yes, it is. It's a popularity contest. It is a popularity contest, and don't and doesn't that. pretend to be anything less. Now, Prof, uh, just just very very quickly, uh, uh, I'm going to pay some bills. Um, Royal Queensland Food and Wine Show. Um, we talked about it last week. Entries are closing, brewers. This is your chance um, to showcase to to get your beers judged by industry experts. But because they've really looked at how they can make yet another beer competition relevant to the industry. Um, they've really worked hard on how they can add value 
to people who enter and do well. Um, and not only is there the $5,000 education bursary for the Grand Champion Beer of Show that we mentioned last week, there is also yep. the potential opportunity to showcase award-winning beers and speak to patrons in the new Royal Queensland tasting area in the Woolworths Pavilion at the Ecker um, with over 400,000 attendees attending to the show. So not only can you win, you can get your beers out before a great crowd. So if you're looking at getting your beers into the Queensland market or expanding your reach in the Queensland market, um, you can get your beers there. And a nice little, and we'll come back to that, Prof, but also all trophies will be a golden beer handle attached that you can be attached to a beer tap. So uh, if you win a medal, um, you can put the beer tap trophy on that beer in your tap room and uh, highlight the fact that it's an award-winning beer, which I thought was an interesting little uh, extra. There's some great marketing opportunities there. There are. But, uh, Prof, yes. Yeah, so I, I love you, gold. You and I know the Woolworths <laughs> Pavilion pretty well. You know, so potentially we've got the RNA setting up a, a tasting room next to Craft Beer Alley. Don't know how that'll work for us, but <laughs> but at the same time, it's great. Thanks to be. for your support. Uh, yeah, and we should point out. So entries close next Friday, the eighth of February. Uh, but also this year, the organisers have put a cap on the maximum number of entries. So if that cap is reached before February the eighth, I'm assuming you you will miss out. So if you are thinking of putting your beers in. Uh, get them in now. Get your ent- get your um, expression of interest in. Entries, uh, exactly. And uh, you'll find a link, Brewers, in the show notes. Uh, be quick. And it's also, if you're coming up for Beer Insider, um, you can drop your uh, entries off on the way because it's all coinciding. So uh, perfect. And uh, also, it's it's kind of in the middle of uh, Bruce Vegas. Bruce Vegas is uh, so yeah. So it's a good time so that you, you're going to be here. There. Yep. Great time to do. Yeah, and and a nice clear space. It's it's away because some people said, oh, why don't you put it near at the air? Well, there's lots of other stuff going on. You know, having it during Bruce Vegas and having uh, the beer insider as a sort of I guess a you know a, almost like a, an anchor event. Uh, as part of the awards, uh, is a great opportunity. Now, Matt, before we move on, um, I would just like to invite any of our listeners who still have any queries, if there's anything we haven't covered, and I think we've done it reasonably well in terms of myth-busting, but if there's anything else regarding the Gab's Hottest 100 that you would like clarification on, let us know. Send us a letter. Uh, send us a message. Let us know. Shout from a rooftop. Uh, that's about it for that. Matt, before we move on, uh, any follow-up from last week's episode? Because there was that little bit of confusion because it was sort of uh, we had the the extra bruise news live and all that sort of thing. So some people may have listened out of order, but from last week. Uh, yes. Uh, so what we there was just that issue around uh, Maori cultural uh, appropriation. And actually, it was really nice to get some of the – because I, I always – it terrifies me talking about some of those issues because people – don't necessarily want to discuss issues. They want you to conform to their view. And if you don't, they want to hail you down. And, you know, as we said last week, you know, sometimes we do things out of ignorance because it just wasn't on our radar you know, when we were growing up and we want to do the right thing and we want to learn. And uh, to help people do that, um, we've been given a, um, uh, a, a handout or, a, you know, a worksheet on, you know, how to, you know, just how to work through um, cultural Maori uh, culture and whether it's uh, cultural appropriation in their view or not. And if you want to be sensitive to to their feelings about it, it it's well worth uh, reading. So you'll find a link to that in the show notes and uh, it, it's on the site. So um, thank you to uh, for, for sending that through. 
No worries at all. Uh, which leads nicely into this week's mailbag. Uh, Matt, we have a letter from Daniel Reed, who a frequent correspondent. Yeah, uh, but we did send out a, a bit of a call to say, look, when do you guys listen to it? Because we're thinking that maybe with our Good Brews Week part of the Radio Brews News Network, that we actually get it out the week that we're talking about. So what we've done in the past is we've recorded Thursday morning which or Friday morning, which gives Joe enough time to sort it all out, tidy it up, and then publish it either Sunday night or Monday morning. So that people can kind of start their week with our look at the wrap-up of the previous week's events, if that makes sense. We're now thinking, do we actually go Thursday and get it out Thursday, late Thursday or early Friday morning? So it's in the same week. And uh, Daniel has given us some thoughtful input. I put it on first thing when I begin my drive to Ballarat from Bendigo every Monday. I look forward to it. As I don't do this trip on a Friday, I'd probably listen to the show on Monday regardless. I don't look to the podcast for breaking news, but rather some in-depth insight into news, which I've probably already come across via your social media. If you record the show on Thursday instead of Friday, it's only one day where news might have previously broken, uh, which would have to wait until the following week. Hope that helps. Thank you, Daniel Ridd. No, thank you, Daniel Ridd, yeah. um, for, your, for your feedback. So, yeah, and I think I suspect for a lot of people it's, it's that Monday morning habit whether it's the brewers mashing in or whether it's guys doing a commute. I know my brother-in-law listens to it on the train, so he may listen to it on a Friday. Still probably more likely to, to do it on a, you know, start your week on the Monday. Which is why we have always done it. Um, that way, that, that was my logic to it. But then again, we were still recording uh, generally on a Thursday anyway. So by the time it went out Monday, unless you made the conscious decision to listen to it Monday, the news was a little bit stale. So I think, yeah... Given that we have tended to record as we are today on a Thursday, there, there is some interest in having it out on the Friday, um, so it's hot off the press sort of thing. Um, but the great thing about podcasts is you listen to them when you want. So we, I think we'll still go ahead and uh, see. And you know, if the feedback is change it back, um, we'll change it back. Um, Beer is a conversation. We'll still go out on a Tuesday um, night, so it'll be in your podcast feed on a Wednesday. There we go. Matt, we've got some iTunes reviews. Yeah, I hadn't checked for a little while because, um, you know, there is that, you know, even though we encourage everyone, and please do give us a, a review on iTunes, um, you know, a star rating or a couple of comments. It is a great way to bring us um, up the, the, the rank. And, and over the last week or so, we've actually cracked the we, – we've had brief forays into the top 10 of the uh, food podcasts in Australia, Prof. So um, it, if you don't think it helps, it does. So, you know – you can give us a little bit of money, which we'd love, um, and make our quality a little bit better. Um, but if not, just take the time to give a review. But yeah, Prof, we've got two reviews, and I'll get you... I might, I might read the first one, and you can read the second one. Sure. <laughs> uh, four stars. Great, but no punters. Insightful look into beer, good banter, and great range of guests. But, Matt, if booze <laughs> is a no-go word, then please don't use punters. Drinkers, consumers, or patrons would be better. And that's from 6284D via Apple Podcasts. Uh, two things. Uh, 6284D, um, because of the way that this uh, comment was aggregated, I've got no way of finding out who you are, but I only want to find out for good reasons. Um, if you are listening, shoot us a, an email to producer at brewsnews.com.au because you are our letter of the week. Um, and, and you've been and you've been selected um, to receive some quality booze from among no, 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 a, a, no, no, a no, wide no. range of hunters. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, I have to say, um, I love this because he's spot on. I hate the word punters, but it's one of those things that, and, and it's 
same with booze. It's so easy to just fall into it, and unless you uh, get pulled up for it, you sort of think, oh, it, it, it's okay. But you know, I, I actually do hate the word, and uh, I think six two eight four D for you know pulling me up on it because I I, I agree with you. So, uh, but please get in touch with us so we can get you a. Uh, little six pack and a, a bar blade. We do need an address, and it would be nice to not have to address it to a number with a letter at the end. Yep. Now the second review that we got. Now this came in in December um, last year, um, actually about the same time. But it was submitted via Apple Podcasts in the United States, and it was Tales underscore eighty one. So I'm not sure whether he's an Australian or he or she is a, is an Australian. Living using, in the States or, or, visiting, or, or, or using the iTunes in America, which you can do. Oh, okay. So you don't actually have to be in America to use the Apple podcast. Oh, you, you can sort of US get around site? it. I, yeah, I, I used to do that when I was um, wanting to get access to movies that hadn't been released on iTunes here. So you, it was a little bit, yeah, you could sort of get your way around it. But anyway, so I don't know. But if it is, um, please let us know. Just just an email, um, Tales81, um, so we know whether you're Australian and so in contention for. Um, you know, letter of the week. Um, but his review, five stars, raising the bar. The conversation and news coverage demonstrates quality journalism applied to a specific niche. This podcast explores the nature of the craft beer industry without indulging in tasting notes on individual beers and entertaining deep conversation, which I look forward to each week. And, you know, prof, you know, I actually sort of... That's, that's lovely. I get Thank a warm you. fuzzy because it does yeah, no, that touch is nice. on a, you know, we make light of what we do and we sort of, uh, you know, we know that we're not sort of necessarily the slickest um, business people or operators, but we do pride ourselves on content knowledge and also you know, quality journalism as a journalist is something that I uh, sort of really... So, yeah, to, to have that um, acknowledged was was really nice. Um, so thank you, Tales81, and please let us know where you're from. Yeah. Uh, well, we're in a thanking sort of mood. Thank you very much to Crymalt again um, for uh, all their support from the start of, uh, of Radio Brews News, and then they've continued that on, obviously, into our Good Brews Week and Beer as a Conversation, all those sorts of things. So we do thank them for their support. And, and Prof, just while we're thanking people, I just to take it back to the hottest 100. Did you notice how many beers in cans were, you know, uh, included? I think it was 80 beers in cans. Yeah. Did you notice and that? It started, I think it was maybe five years ago. There were three. It that it jumped from three to something like 18, but then from 18, it went the next year to something like 37 or, or something. I haven't got the figures right in front of me. Um, well, I do, but I don't want to rustle the paper because they're on A3. It'll make a lot of noise. Um, but but yeah, each year it hasn't just added another couple. It, it's a it's a, a pendulum swing towards towards cans. Now, whether that's you know, because there are so many more beers in cans now or whether that's part of why I like it and why I push it from number three to number two or number one in my votes. Mate, you, you sort of took that one and ran much further than I wanted you to run with it because I just wanted to see whether you'd acknowledge it, but it has. And that makes the quality of your can and the, the label and the wrapping on your can so much more important, don't you think? Doesn't it, though? It's seamless. And it is seamless because it is a wrap. It's a shrink wrap on your can. So there isn't a seam on, on your wrapping. And not only can... Where do, where do I get these amazing labels from, Matt? That would be Rallings, who are the label specialists. Uh, Rallings label stickers and packaging prof. And uh, they make cash flow better for you because of the way that they operate. They only, uh, you know, they print, but then they, and they hold your cans and they release them as you need, which helps on cash flow. And they also give you great flexibility because you can print fewer labels, not less fewer labels 
So it's uh, great for your business and they look really good. So call Rellings. You can find out more on 1300 852 235 to discover a more efficient way to get your small batch canning labels done. And as well as uh, thanking all of our other sponsors, we do very much thank Rellings and Beer Cartel. Uh, who help us out with our, our letter our beer of, the week. of the week? Sorry, yes, we we should say when we do the uh, sorry letter our letter of the week, not our beer of the week. Our, our yeah. letter of the week, but they will give you six beers of the week. Um, our good friends at Beer Cartel, um, who you'll find a link in the show notes. If you can't find the beers that were in the hottest one hundred, and beers that you want to try and see whether they deserve to be there, you can find them on Beer Cartel. That's it. Uh, but I would reserve our most gracious and sincere thanks to you, our listeners. Um, and that's across the industry. It's punters or drinkers or, uh, you know, boozers, whoever. The, no, the, uh, the publicans. Oh An angel just lost its wings. To everyone who listens to, yeah, to everyone who listens to Bruce Newsweek and supports us, thank you very much for uh, for that support. It is very much appreciated. Uh, and as Matt said, don't forget to get onto your podcast platform of choice and leave us a review so that other people, uh, not so much just so that you know you can feel good about saying nice things about us, which, which will make us feel good too. So do feel good about that. But it's uh, it does help other people find our content, which they may enjoy. Because if you do, there's a chance, chances are that, that somebody else will as well. So thank you very much. Again, I've been Pete Mitchum. It's been a pleasure to host the program again this week. And Matt, a pleasure chatting and sharing the news of the week with you. Mate, it's, it's always like, it was really good to have you up. Thanks for coming up, taking time away from your long weekend with your family to to come up. It was great fun, and I just I don't want to delay this any longer. <laughs> okay. um, amazed at how many people took time out of their weekends to listen to the podcast, um, to to the live podcast. I think we had something approaching seven hundred listeners overall um, uh, coming in, and uh, the, the average listen time was well over forty five minutes. Um, so maybe, which is <laughs> funnily enough is about the cook limit. So. <laughs> hey, the other thing, Matt, uh, just on that, the, the thing that pleased me, um, I think even more, was the engagement uh, in the in the chat room. Chat so room. the people who are actually uh, engaging in real time to either send us questions or to comment on things that other people were saying or to, to just to share the um, the podcast URL and all that sort of stuff. So uh, I thought that was terrific. And, and special thanks to John John Garner as well. Uh, John, yes, for, for producing it all for us and just making it so easy. Uh, the, the the phone calls were were placed. Um, the you know our guests were put on hold and then patched through, and it was all just. But magnificent. listen for yourselves. It, it, by the time this comes out, you'll be able to listen to the whole three in a little bit hours, um, hopefully in chunks, um, or if you're on a yeah. long long trip. So, yeah, so Hopefully if you're not with your family. in a brewery or, <laughs> uh, you know, going on a, an interstate trip or, you know, an overseas <laughs> thing, have a listen. It'll put you to sleep, if nothing else, on the plane. Uh, Matt, thanks very much. Thanks, Prof. He's Matt Kierkegaard. I'm Pete Mitchum. This has been Good Brews Week, and we'll see you all again next week. And we're out. <laughs>